In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review, for the week ending April 3rd, USDA's National Agriculture Statistics Service released their annual prospective plantings report this past Tuesday, and we start off the reports with Angie Considine looking at the cotton numbers. All cotton planted area for 2015 is estimated at 9.55 million acres, 13% below last year. Upland area is estimated at 9.4 million acres, down 13% from 2014. American Pima area is estimated at 150,000 acres, down 22% from 2014. In Georgia, acreage is estimated to total 1.1 million acres, down from 1.38 million acres last year. In Alabama, growers intend to plant 300,000 acres down 50,000 acres from last year. Florida growers expect to plant 90,000 acres, down 17,000 acres from 2014. In summary, all cotton acreage in the United States is expected to total 9.55 million acres in 2015, down 13% from last year. This is Angie Considine with the USDA National Agriculture Statistics Service. Tyron Spearin now has the peanut numbers. USDA's Ag Statistics Service released the estimated planted acres for the coming crop year in 2015 this Tuesday. They said that growers intend to plant 1.48 million acres of peanuts. That is up 9% from last year. Most people thought it would be higher than that. The expected increase in planted acres is mainly due to relatively low prices of other crops, especially cotton. In Alabama, they jumped from 175,000 to 185,000 acres in 2015. That's a 6% increase. Florida jumped from 175,000 acres to 160,000 acres. That's a decline of 9%. Uh, So Florida will be down. Georgia is estimated to plant 720,000 acres, up from 600,000 acres last year. That's a 20% increase in the peanut state. Overall, though, counting other states that grow peanuts, it'll be 1,481,000 acres. That is up 9% from last year for peanuts. Corn growers intend to plant 89.2 million acres. That's down 2% from last year. This is the third consecutive year of an average decline and would be the lowest planted acres in corn since 2010. Cotton farmers intend to plant 9.55 million acres. That's 13% below last year. Soybean acres is estimated at a record high of 84.6 million acres, but up only 1% from 2014. Wheat is estimated at 55.4 million acres. That's 3% below last year. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. And Gary Crawford had a story on the prospective plantings report and how it showed some notable shifts among crops. But when it's all said and done, those numbers could end up being quite a bit different from what farmers actually plant. U.S. farmers this season will likely plant 2 million fewer acres to the 21 so-called principal crops. The question would be, obviously, where those acres are coming out of production. We have a better idea of that now. USDA's acting chief economist Rob Johansson referring to Tuesday's prospective plantings report. Almost every Corn Belt state showing a decline in corn planting intentions, the two exceptions, Minnesota and Wisconsin. Wheat will lose about 1.4 million acres, cotton also by about that much. Most notable overall declines, the southwest, which is facing severe water constraints. And in California... We've got the lowest 
principal crop planted acres in California since 1866. And across the country, some shifting of crops, more soybeans, and also... We are seeing, for some of the minor feed grains, an increase in acres, in particular barley and sorghum, and those prices have been very strong relative to corn. And so what we're seeing is producers are moving out of corn into sorghum and out of cotton into sorghum and barley as well. Growers say they'll boost sorghum acres 11 percent, barley by 10 percent. Of course, this week's USDA planting intentions report is certainly important and is a key indicator of what may happen this year. But Lance Honig with the USDA Statistics Service says you have to remember USDA began asking farmers for their planting intentions as early as the last couple of days of February. Now we're about to enter April and in many areas planting hasn't even begun yet. These are intentions. You know, obviously the goal is to determine how many acres are going to be planted this year. But when you're still, you know, in many cases a good month away from even getting into the field, there's a lot of factors that can change between now and when those crops get into the ground. So we we know from looking back over time that there are some changes that occur. And in fact, this very report can be one of the tools that producers use to change from what their intentions are to what they actually plant, and obviously what the market does is going to have a big impact on those decisions as well. So don't set the numbers in Tuesday's report in stone. A lot may have already happened to change farmer intentions. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Washington. In other news this past week, Kathy Isom had a story on the latest USDA forecast for food prices, which includes some good news for pork lovers. We're already three months into the year and experts are already saying we should not expect any huge increases in retail food prices this year. Agriculture Department economist Anne-Marie Coons has just put out her updated forecast for 2015. We are expecting grocery store prices to rise 2 to 3 percent, pretty close to the 20-year historical average of about 2.6 percent. Very close to last year's 2.4 percent hike in overall prices. But Coons did make an adjustment that is going to be welcomed by pork lovers. The nation's hog producers last year saw millions of pigs wiped out by a virus, which this year has not been nearly as troublesome, and hog producers are expanding production. Retail pork prices have been dropping, so we currently predict pork prices to rise 0 to 1 percent. But beef will just keep rising, possibly another 5 to 6 percent this year. I'm Kathy Isom, Southeast Agnet. And we wrap up this week's podcast with Everett Grinder talking about how the labeling of GMO crops is still a problem. The GMO controversy continues. Will it ever end? I don't think so. Our Food and Drug Administration has hassled with whether to require GMO food products to be labeled or not. I can tell you one thing, FDA will continue to be pressured until it's done. You see, it's FDA's job to ensure that we have a safe and nutritious food supply. But some people will never accept that GMO crops are safe. Science, on the other hand, has proven that there's no evidence of the slightest health concern. Meanwhile, farmers know that GMO crops enable them to produce more food with fewer chemicals and less water. And that benefits anybody who eats. Mandatory labeling, meanwhile, will cost each family over $500 a year. That's what it will cost farmers to meet mandatory labeling laws. Some who oppose GMOs could care less. And that's why the issue won't go away. And that's Ag Review for today. Everett Greiner, Southeast Agnet. Those reports and more from this past week can be found on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.